Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Well, give the Lord a hand clap. He's ruling and reigning today. Awesome. Well, it's great to see you today on this Christmas sweater Sunday, uh, and we are blessed that you are here Thank you for all of the people that are watching online, and we are blessed today. And if I haven't told you lately, I just want to tell you that I love you, and I'm so thankful that you're part of what's happening here at the Father's House as we are moving along. Hey, let me remind you, we've got these invite cards. We've got extras to invite people for uh, next week. We have Christmas morning, 9 and 11, a great teaching on favor. Uh, that's a, one of the things, true story of Christmas that a lot of people don't think about. And then Christmas Eve, Eve at six o'clock is going to be a great time. Listen, you need to get here early to find a parking place. Thinking of parking place, if you have legs that move, don't park in front, okay? We have, a, we have a lot of people just pull in there on Sundays, but we have then a lot of people that have tough time walking, and uh, we just need that space out there every Sunday for people that you have good legs and you can walk. Just thank God for that. The school will be open next door, so we'll be able to park over there. And also, next week, you know, we'll have a lot of new people coming Christmas, the morning and the evening. So if you could serve extra, you say, you know what, I don't have really a lot of things going on. I could serve. I could help in the parking lot for Christmas Eve on that Sunday or uh, work in some area. That would really help. And you can put that on the connection card and drop that in the offering bucket at the end when we get ready to do that because that will really help a lot of things. Well, you have your word with you, your Bible, your iPhone, your iPad, whatever you use. Let's hold it up this morning and let's make our confession. Ready? This is my Bible. It is the word of God. It is life to me. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient. I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you today, Lord. We just thank you, first of all, that um, we can remember and celebrate in this time of the true story of Christmas. So, Lord, I pray as we look into the Word today, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint me because I can say nothing without you. Help me to say what I should say and not say anything I shouldn't say. Anoint our ears today that we can remember the true story. And not just all the uh, things that are going on around us, but the true story. Speak to us today. Help us to understand, to grab your Word in your name. Amen. I also want to join Paul and welcome those that are online. We are glad that you're with us today. Well, it's Christmas again. It snuck up on some of you. You still haven't even done your shopping yet. And you think, how can this happen? It happens every year. But it poses, every Christmas poses the story to the world. What is the true story, the true meaning of Christmas? The majority of people next weekend will miss what Christmas is all about. We, you say, well, how could that be? We've got so many songs. We've got advertisement. We've got publicity. We've got promotion. We've got Christmas specials. How, how, how can we do all of that and miss the truth? Well, we can get caught up in things that we do, and we can miss the truth. But even as Christians, 
We can get so caught up in just making sure that we get everything done, we got that, we got something else, that we miss the true story of Christmas. So the question today is, what is the true story of Christmas? I want to help you grab the truth. Have you ever had a friend, you said, I just wish I could help them to understand the truth. Like one guy I read about, he had a friend that was... Uh, he was really spending too much time in the bar and alcohol was getting the best of him. So he thought, well, I'm going to help him. I'm going to help him to understand what he's doing with his life. So he went and joined him at the bar and sat down the stool beside him and asked the barkeep. He said, give us two glasses. In one glass, pour some vodka. In the other, pour water. So the barkeep did that. And then the guy pulled out a little plastic bag that he had and two worms. So he took one worm and dropped it in the glass of water, and he took the other worm and dropped it in the glass of vodka. Pretty soon, the worm that was in the water was swimming around having a gay time, and the worm that he dropped in the vodka died. So his friend looked at him and said, do you understand the truth of what this is about I'm trying to teach you? He said, yeah, I got it. It's just simply this, that if I drink vodka, I won't have worms. I'm not quite sure that he got the truth, right? And so that's, that's how I feel every Christmas. What, what can we do with the songs that we say? And by the way, didn't you love that last song? Man, give our praise and worship team a great hand. Man, that was awesome. Manger throne. Man, that was great. But every year we struggle with this. I don't want to just go through Christmas but I want to help people understand the truth of Christmas. That first truth of Christmas, Jesus came, first of all, if you're taking notes, look at this. He came to show us the truth about God. Sometimes when we think about Christmas, we think that Jesus came as a gift and we receive the gift. But it's, it's not just that, it's so much more. He came to teach us the truth about God. The truth about God. There are a lot of misconceptions about God in the world we're living in today. There are false, crazy, bizarre ideas about God. So I just typed in, as we always do, Google and say, what, what about God? What people think about God? So I, I brought out, there's a bunch of them, but let me give you three today. One man said, I think of God as a sun and myself as a ray of light. So the ray is the same substance of the sun so I'm really God. That's what I think. Someone said, well, I think like God is like my dead father that's watching over me every day. Hmm. One person said, I think of God like my grandson who always hides and then jumps out and surprises us. Well, I, God didn't want to leave us to misconceptions and myths of what he's like or who he is. So 2,023 years ago, Jesus came in human form to teach us about God. He, he erased false ideas about God in two ways. First of all, by what he taught, and second of all, by how he lived, by his example and by his teachings. People say, well, I'd really like to know God. What is God all about? Well, look through this scripture from Genesis to the Revelation, and you'll see Jesus. And everywhere you see Jesus doing something, he's saying, that's what God is like. Do you understand? That's what God is like. John 18 and 37 says this. 
This is why Jesus says, this is why I was born and came into the world. Would you read that phrase with me? To tell people the truth. Look at your neighbor and say, he came to tell you the truth. He said to tell people the truth and everyone who belongs to the truth listens to me. Well, I like that. But look at this one, John 1 and 18. No one has ever seen God. The only son is the one who has shown us what God is like. He himself is God and very close to the Father. In other words, what he's saying here is Jesus was God with skin on. That's called Emmanuel. And so Jesus came to shatter a bunch of myths about God. What are some of those myths? Well, first myth is that people feel that God is distant and detached. God is way up there somewhere. I don't know where he is, but he's up there. And I'm not sure I could ever really understand him because he's so far away. He's such a far distance. I think that some people think that God is like the philosophy of Bette Midler from a distance. <clears throat> no. God is not watching us from a distance. I believe he would say to that song, no, I'm not watching from a distance and I'm not detached, but I've come to you through my son, Jesus. He came so that we could understand that God is not distant and detached. Some of you right now, the enemy's lying to you that, that you'll never be able to touch God. You'll never be able to do that. You'll never be able to understand because he's so far away and he's so, he's so like difficult to understand that God was never created. He's just always been. As a young kid, I'd try to think about that and then I'd get lost and, you know, you, what do you, how, how do you, how do you do that? So if we, if we look at that and just the sheer theology about God without the teachings about God, we miss it. But he's not distant. He's here. How many of you feel his presence right now? Do you feel his presence? Lift up your hand and say, yep, I feel his presence. I feel him. I feel him here today. The second myth Jesus came to destroy was this. Well, God is uncaring and he's unconcerned. God is uncaring and he's, un God doesn't care about me. You know, I'm, who am I that he would care about me? He, he may care about Pastor Tim or he may care about somebody else, but he wouldn't care about me. I, I, I'm a nobody. I, nobody even knows my name probably here at this church. And, and I come every Sunday and I'm just, I can't fathom that God would be concerned about my life. Well, Jesus knew that we would struggle with that, and so he taught us a principle. He said, even when a bird falls, God knows when that bird falls. He sees it. But then he goes on and says, God is so concerned about your life that he knows the number of hair on your head. Now, for some of us, that wouldn't be much of a challenge for God. But think about that, that he's unconcerned. Jesus said, God, God cares for you so much, he's got the numbers of hair on your head. So when you get out of the shower on the morning and you look down and you've lost a few more, God knew the number of those. When you comb your hair and you leave some of the hair in the brush, God knows every one of those. He understands that. And Jesus says, that's how caring he is for you. He's not distant. He's not detached, but he's caring 
and he's concerned about you. Somebody needs to hear that today. You came today and you're almost pouting. You're almost pouting because things that have happened to you, people don't understand you, and you're, and you're feeling all that, all that. But listen, I, I don't know what you're going through, but I know this, God is concerned. You say, how could God be concerned about that? Because he's God. Have you read the story of Jesus and what he did? He's concerned. The other myth that Jesus came to get rid of was that well, God's just so unmerciful. I mean, read through the Old Testament. Have you ever read those things? And he's unpleasable. How can you ever please God? It's just, and so we get that in our mind, thinking that even in our praying, sometimes we think, well, I, I don't know that I can please God. I haven't done everything right this week. Anybody done everything right this week? Oh, good. No hands are raised. So, so I feel safe there. I feel in good company. But even when I don't please God the way that I want to please him. If I am a believer, he sees me through his son, Jesus Christ. People say, how can, how can God, how can God forgive me? How can God love me? How can he, because if I'm a believer, then when he looks at me, he sees me through the blood and the redemption of Jesus Christ. You want to know how God feels about you? When Jesus came and he saw someone is sick, what did he do? He healed him. When he saw someone who was a leper, what did he do? He touched him. When he saw the demonized man, what did he do? He cast the demons out. So Jesus is always healing, touching, loving people. And then at the end, he goes to the cross for you and for me as a lamb that was slain. And he stretches his arm out this wide. And he says, this is how much that God loves you. This is how close that God is for you. This is how merciful that God is for you. On your own, you could never please God. You could never get there. But through my son, Jesus, he has made a way that you can please me today. Give him a hand. Yeah, amen today. Jesus said in Luke 2 and 32 that he is the light, the light to reveal God to the nations. To reveal God to the nations. I mean, I just think sometimes we think about just he came for my sins. He came, no, he came not only for that, but he wants us to get a good picture of God. He came to reveal God to the nations. He's the light. He's the light. Aren't you thankful for light? You know... We put up with our hurricanes, tornadoes, and the light goes off, and you're standing in your house, and you're trying to find something to light up something, and you stumble all over something, say a few words you shouldn't say, and you ask God to forgive you, because wandering around in the dark is such a pitiful place, horrible place to be. But Jesus said, I am the light. I am the light that's going to reveal who God is to the world. I love to see the light, don't you? Billy Graham once said, when I want to know what God is like, I take a long look at Jesus Christ. Take a long look at Jesus. That's why it's so important for us to get into this word and read the word. This year, as a church, we've been reading through the Bible, through the story that's talking about Jesus from Genesis all the way to the Revelation. How many of you joined us in that version plan and you're with us in Revelation right now? Would you raise your hand? Great, awesome. Maybe some of you didn't know that, but every year we read the Bible through and you can still catch us. You can go on to the Father's House uh, website. You can scroll down and find the version plan. 
of reading the Bible through in a year. And we're going to do it again in January. So get ready. We're going to redo it. We're going to do the same one. Because I look at all those stories and information they give us like, like today. Uh, understanding how to understand prophetic words. See, sometimes people try to study Revelation literal. But the book of the Revelation is not literal. It's prophetic. So you can't go through and look at everything in a linear way. It's not. You know, people are always looking for the mark of the beast on the hand or the forehead. And you got to understand, that's a, prophetic, that's a prophetic symbol that says when you do business as the world thinks, or when you do business as the world moves their hand, you've lost the whole track of it. So don't be looking for somebody to put a thing. It's, it's already here. As far as my friend Dwight the other day said, I went to the store and they said, do you want to use cash or use your palm? He said, what do you mean my palm? He said, yeah, we can read your fingertips and uh, we can run everything that. He said, no, I'll keep my palm. I'll give you my credit card. But I'm just saying it might happen, but don't expect it to happen. If you understand that Revelation is a prophetic book and cannot be understand in a linear way, you have to understand what does that prophetically mean? And so Jesus said, I've come to show you the Father. The second truth of Christmas is Jesus came to express the love of God. Say it with me. Jesus came to express the love of God. Jesus coming to the earth. We just sang it a few minutes ago. Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. And that's a a prophecy 700 years before Jesus was born, 700 years. This is what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 7, 14. All right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Everybody's looking for a sign, right? Here's your sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So he came to this earth. He came loving and forgiving and to teach us the plan of God. Sometimes we see that bumper sticker, we see that sign, and uh, I've seen people with t-shirts on, uh, he's the reason for the season, or Jesus is the reason for the season. But could I take that one step farther? You are the reason for the season. You're the reason for the Christmas season. That, that should make you feel pretty important. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm somebody. Now, some of you have a tough time. I'm somebody because I'm the reason that he came. I'm the reason that he came. Here's, here's what you need to know. If you were the only person on this planet Earth and you were lost, Jesus would have still come because he wanted to make a way for you to be with him forever. He didn't send an assistant. He could have rang up Gabriel, said, Gabriel, you go do what should happen. You sacrifice your life. You go down, Gabriel, and you tell him stories. He didn't send a representative. He didn't send an angel. He came himself in his presence. He came. His presence, Emmanuel, God with us. So often we're looking for the perfect present at Christmas. How many of you like to shop? I raise both hands. I love to shop. My wife hates to shop. She tells me, you buy the gifts that you would like. 
You buy the things that goes in your stocking and I'll be happy to wrap them because I want you to be pleased at Christmas. She gets, she gets paranoia or whatever. I mean, she gets really nervous about trying to shop because I'm hard to shop for. I, I, don't, want, I don't want just leftovers of something that somebody gave you and you pass it on, okay? I'm just, I'm just saying, right? I'm the, so, so she says, you do that. Why? Because she, wants, she, gets, she gets so upset about trying to find the perfect present. But here's the question I have today. Is the present of Christmas more important or is your presence? I remember my grandbabies used to be come up to me and they'd sit beside me and they'd stand beside me and they'd be pecking on me, telling me something, pecking on my leg, pecking on my shoulder. And I'm like reading a book or reading something else or watching a football game. And then what would they do? They'd reach up and they'd grab my face and turn my face towards them. In other words, what they're saying is, I want your presence. The greatest gift that some of you can give at this Christmas time is your full presence to those that you love. And not only that, but our full presence to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that we love. And God didn't send a, a present to say, you just open that present, but he said, I want to come with my presence and show you what I'm all about. Here's what 1 John says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is what? Real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away from our sins. Real love is not that I say, God, I love you. Because how, with, with my frail understanding, could I say the fullest God, I love you. That's not real love. Real love is that God loved us so much that he sent himself, God in flesh, in Jesus, to show us how much that he loves us. God's love is four-dimensional. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Ephesians 3 and 18, that you may be able to feel and understand this morning early when I woke up and I was praying for this teaching and looking it over, th those words just jumped out at me and I, I've never thought about those, that you're able to feel and understand as all God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, how high his love really is and to experience this love for yourself. So three things jump, jumped out at me that we could feel, understand and experience his love. Isn't that great? Do some research on that. I'm going to do some research. He doesn't want me just to know it here, but he wants me to feel it and understand what I'm feeling and experience it for myself. He doesn't want you just to let somebody else experience up here, but he wants you to experience that. Look at this. He says, I want you to feel, understand, and experience how long God's love is. So I asked myself, well, how long is God's love. It's long enough to last forever. Amen. Scripture said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loved us so much that he sent his only son, but God's love will last forever. And I'm thinking, you know, we live in a world today that when love gets really short, you've seen this post, well, we're divorcing and separating because we've just grown apart. Our love has just deteriorated between us. 
Divorce courts are full of that. Parents and children are full of that. But God's love, you can go, there is no end, there is no, there's no beginning, there's no end to God's love. It lasts forever and ever and ever. You can never stop God from loving you. How wide is God's love? Well, it's wide enough to be everywhere. He'll find you no matter where you are. Somewhere between services, Richard said, I kept thinking he's going to do that song, deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Sorry, went over some of your heads right there. That's a long, yeah, it's deep and it's wide. How deep is God's love? It's deep enough to find you no matter what hurt you have now. Sometimes we feel like, well, I'm, I'm in a pit. I can't believe I'm in this place. I just, I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. I don't see any hope. There's no way. And Jesus says, no, there's not a pit that you can fall into that's too deep for God's love to reach you. In the book, The Hiding Place, Corey and Betsy Tin Boom were two Dutch girls living in the Netherlands, and they were hiding Jews that would be caught and sent to concentration camp. And they saved a lot. But in the end, they got captured themselves. They went to concentration camp as long as the Jews, as well as the Jews they were hiding. And one day in the concentration camp, Corey said this to her sister Betsy, this place is the pit of hell. And Corey looked at her and said, just remember, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. He's reaching for you this morning. How high is God's love? Oh, this is my favorite one to think about. It's high enough to look over all my bad decisions and my mistakes that I've made this week. That's how high God's love is. See, it's not important where you've been. It's important where you're headed. Because his love is reaching you. Here's the question, though. Have you accepted God's four-dimensional love? Have you accepted it? You see, he came to erase the misconceptions of God. He came to express the love of God. But the third truth of Christmas is this. Jesus came to make it possible. He came to make it possible for us to have a relationship with God. A relationship with God. God decided in advance, Ephesians 1 and 5 says, they wanted to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. The reason that you are alive right now is that God wants to adopt you into his family. He wants to adopt you. God wanted a family. He didn't want to have heaven by himself. So he said, there's no way that anybody can make it here on their own. So I'm going to send myself. I'm going to send my son to show you how much that I love you. God wanted you in his family. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you in his family. He wants you in his forever family. You're not an accident. There's no accidental births. There's not. And, and so in this world, you may live 60, 70, 80. Since I'm getting closer to 80. It may be 90, okay, on this planet. But really, when you compare the life we have here with the trillions and trillions and trillions of years 
of eternity. So Jesus is saying, this life that you live right now is preparation for those trillions and trillions and trillions of years. So you see, life is not always fair. Some of you are going through things right now and you think it's not fair what I'm going through. Why am I sick? Why am I going through this? Why am I having this difficulty? A, a, a friend sh shared with me this morning of a, of a tragedy that's happened to his son. And we look at that and we think, oh God, why? But you see, this world is not supposed to be all gumdrops and jelly beans and Christmas carols. This life is tough sometimes. And we can get so narrow-minded and focused of what we're going through, we forget that he brings us through what we're going through. That's the truth of Christmas. That's the truth of Christmas. Your life depends on whether or not you understand this third thing. You see, you can understand the first two, that Jesus came to wipe away the mist. He came to show us how much that God loves us. But really, you can understand those first two and you could miss the third one of having no relationship with Jesus. I hear people say, well, you know, I've been a Christian all of my life. I, I've gone to church since I was a kid. I've been a Christian all my life. No. You're not a Christian until you have accepted Jesus as your Savior and walk in His Word. See, Jesus didn't come about religion. You can go to church all your life and have religion, but you could miss a relationship. Jesus didn't come for religion. He came for a relationship. He came for you to simply say with your life, I do. Almost 30 years ago, I met a beautiful blonde, beautiful long legs. I'll stop. She's not here right now. Her mother fell this week, and so she had to go down to uh, Naples and be with her mother. She'll be back today. But I really didn't have a true relationship with her until I simply said, I do. Maybe you know about Jesus. Maybe you even know that song I did a few minutes ago, Deep and Wide. But the question is, have you stepped across the line and simply, simply said, I do to Jesus? the most important thing that'll ever happen. Not a religion. I don't care if you're here today and you're Catholic, Baptist, Buddhist, Mormon, or nothing. Religious background or no religious background. He didn't come for religion, but for relationship. He says to you today, hey, I want to know you. I want you to be part of my family. I want to forgive you of your past. I want to give you a purpose for living and I want to give you an eternity with me on a new heaven and a new earth I look at this earth and I see beautiful things and and I think man that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and but then you see a little pollution or you see something wrong and then I'm reminded I'll spend eternity because I said I do on a new earth that'll be just like he meant for it to be
So, Michael, I don't know how that's going to be with our golf swing, but I guess there's golf courses that we have a perfect score. I don't know how that works. But I think so often when we think about eternity, we just think of something that's just sort of, we don't understand. I'm not floating around on a cloud, and I'm not playing a harp and singing kumbaya, but I'm going to have the ability to walk on earth, to fulfill and use the gifts that I have on that new earth. And I'm going to have the ability then if I decide I want to go to a different part of the universe. I just think it and I'm there. I have that same ability that Jesus had when he walked through walls and he walked through doors. And we don't, we don't, you see, when you see what Jesus did, then we understand the future that God has for us. We're all here today for different reasons. Maybe somebody bribed you to take you for lunch if you came today. I don't know why you're here, but I do know that it's not an accident. And God wanted you to hear about the true story of Christmas. Would you bow your head with me and let me pray for you and me today? You can follow along with me or you can just say yes or amen, however you feel. But here's what I'd like to pray for us today. Father, there are a lot of people that are listening today and watching online that have gone through Christmas after Christmas, but they've never opened your Christmas gift of trusting in you. They know about you. They've never said, I do. I receive Jesus. I transfer my trust to him. I pray today that you will give everyone the courage to open their heart to begin a relationship with you and to say, I do to Jesus. As every head is bowed and you're praying today about yourself, there may be some here today and you say, you know, Terry, you're right. I've gone through Christmas after Christmas. I get so caught up in things, but I've never stopped to say I do to Jesus. Or maybe years ago you said I do, but a lot of things have happened and you've lost that joy. You've lost that significance. Today you say, you know what? I'd like to do a fresh start today, a new beginning, a do-over. I'd like to say today, yes, I do. If that's you, would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me and let me pray with you today? Say, yeah, that's me. I need that prayer today. I want to say I do to Jesus. I want to accept him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. And over here, thank you. Others today, thank you in the back. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Others today say, yeah, that's me. And those of you that are watching online, just raise your hand right there. You say, yeah, but, I'm, I'm, but God sees you. He sees you. I want to lead us in a prayer this morning. We've all probably at some time or another, if we're a believer, prayed some sort of prayer like this. It's just a simple prayer of confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, inviting him into our life. It says, then you'll be saved, saved, redeemed, adopted. Let's pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you today for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life and to be my Lord and Savior as best as I know how I want to serve you 
all the days of my life. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.